Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sunday in the NFL showed us a couple of teams could use Colin Kaepernick's services. Did Saturday squash any chance that happens? One of the great collegiate careers of our era is over, but what about Tua Tugavailoa's pro prospects and Lamar Jackson's mind-bending skills now have a Heisman hype man worthy of those skills. The MVP front runner. If anybody else got to say something different about that, then come see me. I'm right here in Beemore outside the bank. If you got an issue with that, come see me. I'm about that. Big trust. Woo woo. Lamar Jackson in the flesh. Yes, sir. Big trust. I'm with you. I'm with you. New Era 8 Apparel. <laughs> Mark Ingram on fire post-game. We'll talk Ravens and Texans and the showdown that was supposed to be. That was certainly not. Home and Home Radio.com Sports Original. We are brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out. The smartest way to hire, we assure you. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker is home in Pennsylvania. Dan Wolken, USA Today, joins us 8.30 Eastern time. He was at the Kaepernick Combine. Tell us what he saw from a skill perspective, and we'll discuss all of this in this hour. But Ross Tucker, we start with my favorite thing from this weekend, even better than that hype video from Mark Ingram, which was, of course, One of the great celebrations we've seen in recent years, and good Monday morning, my friend, it was the big man touchdown in that Colts game, the touchdown that was called back, but forever the keg stand celebration shall stand. A, best touchdown celebration you've ever seen, and B, what's your keg stand history? Did the boys at Princeton invert you and go for a few keg stands back in the day? So A, the answer is yes. Uh, that is the best touchdown celebration I've ever seen. It's amazing. I got to tell you, Dave, the thought has crossed my mind. I wonder if, like, he'll get fined for that. Like, I wonder if the NFL will say Mm. that that was, you know, you can't have gestures. Like, if you get a sack, you can really only do, like, one hip thrust. (laughs) If, If you do three hip thrusts like that, you're going to get fined and maybe penalized. So you got to be careful. I I think he'll be fine, but I don't know. I don't know how they would feel about that. You know, I can remember Coy Detmer when he was playing quarterback, he'd have a throw. He would sort of uh, wag the dog, I guess you could say it, wag his tail. And he got in trouble for that and got fined. So maybe it's just something that has to do with – uh, you know, uh, body parts. Maybe he's fine for having yeah. something that has to do with drinking. Let's hope he is because that was amazing. I oh. mean, the orchestration, 
the one guy getting down on hands and knees so Quentin Nelson could push off of him and act like that was the keg. Those guys lifting his legs. I got to be honest with you, Dave. I didn't know he had it in him. I know no. Quentin a little bit. He played in the U.S. Army Bowl. Um, we interviewed him back then, you know, how many years ago that was. Very, very quiet guy. Like, doesn't doesn't really <laughs> like the uh, spotlight or media. So, I didn't know he had it in him. That was amazing. I love that dude. It stinks that they weren't able to actually get the touchdown and that it got overturned. But as long as we got the celebration, I'm okay. And I, Dave, so far you brought this up. I distinctly remember, I'm trying to remember the details, okay? But I really liked keg stands when I was in high school and college. And I, I don't remember the exact details. Maybe you can help me figure out what would have gotten me so mad. But I was doing a keg stand at a party at my house when I was in college. And I, I don't know if the person that was counting how long waited like five or ten seconds before they started counting. Or if they didn't pump and I was up Just like that. There was something happened, but my friends still talk about it. Something happened when I got down from the keg stand. I took my right open hand and to the chest of the kid that had, in my mind, screwed up my glory, my keg stand glory. I went, (laughs) I hit him right in the chest and he went flying, flying. And uh, he screwed up. I don't know what happened. He had to come into him. He screwed up. I don't know. I think he might have waited like eight seconds before he started counting. And I was mad because I was going for the record or something. And he was like in high school. I think he was like a high school senior or a couple years younger. Uh, But my friends still talk about that. See, that's the key, by the way. For any of you high school kids that you're going, you're in high school, you're maybe going to college. Let me teach you something, okay? Let's get this show started right. The open hand. The open hand. Okay? Why open hand? I'll tell you why. If you if you are in if if something happens in high school or college and you make a fist and you punch someone, all right? That's going to start a fight for sure. You might mark up the face There might be a cut involved and you could get in serious trouble. The open hand, it actually is almost more like a shove or a push. And so, and it's even, it's almost even more disrespectful, (laughs) but you're much less likely, you're not going to cause any marks on the guy's face. You're much less likely to get in trouble. And if anything ever happens, you say you just pushed him. You didn't punch him. You pushed him. So let that be a lesson for all the kids out there. (laughs) Open hand is the way to go. More disrespectful. You still send the message, but a lot less liability on multiple levels. That's your your life hack for the day. (laughs) 
solving the world one hand gesture at a time. Uh, you should have told Ogan Joby that, uh, or Pouncey that, the guys that were through some haymakers the other night. Uh, so, so that you are pretty talented. Then it sounds like at the keg stand, I was terrible at the keg stand, man. I mean, keg stand, beer bong shotgunning beers. I suck at all that. It reminds me of like dunking a basketball and how you're bummed that you'll never be able to do that to achieve that. I was always disappointed that I'd never be able to like adequately shotgun a beer, bong a beer, keg stand, just suck at it. Just didn't possess that talent. Are you, are you just either good at one of those things or all those things or not? Because just never had the ability. Like I could drink a lot of beer, but never could like chug it in one, you know, one fell swoop in whatever way it was. And, you know, I feel a little inadequate about that. Yeah, I I was not good at shotgunning beers for some reason. I never really liked shotgunning beers, but chugging a beer, beer bong. Yeah, I was pretty good there, but I wasn't the best. Like I was pretty good. I, I would say I was above average. So if it was like a chugging contest, I could hold my own and win a bunch of them. But I was not as good as Chris Hoagie Havener in my fraternity. I was not as good as Tom Brady in the NFL. I was not as good of a chugger as those guys. And I'll never forget, Dave, my first recruiting visit, okay? This is the truth. My first recruiting visit was to Princeton. I played a basketball game in Reading, Pennsylvania. Drove to Princeton. Get there like at 1130 at night, okay? I had never done a funnel before. I had never done a beer bong before. So like, come on, Ross, we're doing beer bongs before we go out. I said, okay, I'm 17 years old, senior in high school, just got done a basketball game. So I go like this to do the beer bong. And I don't know, you just got to kind of like open your throat open and just your let throat. it go. <laughs> yeah. You got to open your throat and just let it go. I'm like trying to drink it. Nope. It spills all over me. I ju- My first college official visit, I'm, I, I've been there for 10 minutes. And my my host, Chuck Hastings, a linebacker from Detroit, is like, come on, do this. So I do it, spill it all over me. Okay. He's like, dude, you got to just open your throat and just let – you're not drinking it. You just have to let it go. I said, okay. So next time I do it, and I got it. Like, it was it was great. I did it. Before – and we hang out for like 30 minutes. Say, before we're about to go out, okay, Chuck says, Ross, let's do one more funnel. Let's do one more beer bomb. So, okay, remember, 17 years old, I literally met the guy 30 minutes earlier, okay? He has the he has the the funnel up. I'm about to do it. And he's like, yo, what is that over there? And I look over there, I and then I do the funnel. I find out later, Dave, he put two shots of Everclear grain alcohol oh. in the third beer bong. Everclear grain alcohol, two shots. So needless to say, I was shit-faced the whole night. And think about this, right? Like your parent, you're a parent now. You have a daughter who's 14, right? Yeah. I was 17. Oh. And this is and you think, Dave, you think you're taking your son on an official visit to Princeton, like that these kids might be smarter. What if I had no alcohol tolerance? Like, what if I had never drank anything before? I mean, he's a moron. I tell him to this day he's a moron for doing that. 
Next thing I know, I was passed out on some couch somewhere. But two shots of Everclear grain alcohol, my first night of my first official college visit ever. That's dangerous. That is dangerous. Good for you. Glad you survived it. You're a big dude. Power rankings from you folks on Twitter. Shotgunning a beer, keg stands, or beer bonging. I wonder what the number one favorite of those is. We'll get into that later in the program. Perhaps we'll get Ross Tucker's power rankings on those three. I suck at all of them. But let's start with Jay-Z and Colin Kaepernick and the Kaepernick Combine on Saturday. To me, Sunday proved pretty clear that there are several NFL teams that could use the services of Colin Kaepernick. The guy can still sling it. But Saturday's power play was exactly why he doesn't have a job and will not have a job. I have advocated for Kaepernick to get a job the last three years, no short of 10 times. I'm done doing so. Why? Because he shows up for the combine and says, well, you won't allow the media in. And this waiver you're asking me to sign NFL, it would protect you from any future litigation that there's been collusion keeping him out of the game. Yes, they screwed him over. This was a PR stunt pushed by Jay-Z. They gave him two hours to say yes. It was on a Saturday with no GMs or coaches going to be there because, of course, it was on a Saturday. It was a setup. Nonetheless, it was one Colin Kaepernick had to fall into. He had to perform. There were 24 scouts set to be there at the Falcons facility. When he moved it 60 miles away, more than an hour's drive away, there were between six and eight. We'll get into the skills that Colin Kaepernick showed in just a bit. But Ross, did this prove to you that he wants to be an NFL quarterback or a martyr? You know, Dave, that's a great way to phrase it and frame it. And it showed to me that you have a very difficult argument saying that his top priority is playing in the NFL again. I don't know how you could make that argument. And look, the NFL is not without culpability here, right? I mean, to spring this on him on a Tuesday, you have two hours, take it or leave it. You know, that's not ideal, to say the least. And to not even know who his receivers were going to be, etc. I don't know about the waiver, I've seen some lawyers say it was an overly onerous waiver and that he, he was right not to sign it. That stuff might all be true. That might all be true. But I, I, let, me take, let me take Kaepernick to the side for a second, Dave. Let me tell you, if I were in his shoes and my top priority was to play in the NFL again, I had already filed a lawsuit. I had already gotten money from that lawsuit. And I really, really just wanted to play again. Dave, I, I signed the waiver. I, I go through with the workout. Why am I worried about losing my rights to sue a second time? Which, by the way, I think is bizarre in and of its own right that the first lawsuit didn't close that loophole, but evidently it didn't. Yeah. But that would not be my priority. And I know he doesn't trust them. And I know if he signs that, then they can just collude against him. And but I don't think that that's what they were trying to do. I don't think they'd have 25 teams there 
and set all this up in Atlanta and pay to fly Hugh Jackson and Joe Philbin there and all of that stuff. If your top priority is to play in the NFL, then you don't care about your extra camera crew. You sign the waiver and you participate in the NFL sanctioned workout in front of 25 teams. And you sure as heck afterwards don't say, you know, I want Commissioner Goodell and the teams to stop being scared, to stop running from the truth. I mean, what you say afterwards, and what I would say is, is all that other stuff's behind me. All I want is a chance to play in the NFL again and show what I can do. Everything else behind me, I'm not going to kneel. Again, I'm not saying he should say that. I'm not saying he should do that. I'm just saying if that was your top priority to play in the NFL again, that's what you would do. And so no one at this point can have any kind of good argument in my mind that playing in the NFL is his top priority at this point. Here's what Kenny Stills says, his good friend and the Texans wide receiver. If it's true about what was put in the waiver, trying to keep Colin from taking further legal action on the league and things like that, then it was exactly what we thought, which is just a media circus and the league trying to cover their tail as usual. TMZ reports that Jay-Z was disappointed with what Kaepernick pulled on there on Saturday, that the workout became, in his words, a publicity stunt. Ultimately, I think what Ross just pointed out, it was the words from Colin Kaepernick, maybe even more than the performance, that hurt his future chances of signing with an NFL team. Dan Wolken did, uh, got this audio of Kaepernick post game. Let's listen to what uh, he had to say after the workout. First, hey, let me start by saying I appreciate y'all coming out. That means a lot to me. Our biggest thing with everything today was making sure we had transparency of what went on. We weren't getting that elsewhere, so we came out here. It's important that y'all are here. Y'all been attacked for the last three years. Y'all continue to be attacked. We appreciate what y'all do. We appreciate you being here today. We appreciate the work you do for the people and telling the truth. That's what we want in everything. I've been ready for three years. I've been denied for three years. We all know why I came out here showed it today in front of everybody. We have nothing to hide. So we're waiting for the 32 owners, the 32 teams, Roger Goodell, all of them to stop running. Stop running from the truth. Stop running from the people. We're out here. We're ready to play. We're ready to go anywhere. My agent, Jeff Nally, is ready to talk to any team. I interview with any team at any time. I've been ready, I'm staying ready, and I'll continue to be ready. And to all the people that came out here today to support, I appreciate y'all, I love y'all. To the people that aren't here, I'm thinking of you. I appreciate you supporting from where you are. So here are the teams we know did show up at the second facility, the high school there. Chiefs, Jets, Eagles, Titans, Bills, Niners, Lions. Keep in mind the Carolina Panthers, the closest team to them, didn't even make the some three-and-a-half, four-hour drive, which I thought was suspicious, especially given the performance of Kyle Allen, which we'll get into later in the program. Eric Reed, he did show up. He made that drive, the good friend of Colin Kaepernick and player for the Panthers. I think we could use Colin's help. I think every team in the league could use Colin's help. I would definitely be excited 
if he were here. Again, he was flinging it, folks. 50, 55, a couple passes looked to me to be 60 yards in the air, catching receivers in stride. But it was those five words, stop running from the truth, that probably sank him. Any chance, Ross, you give him with signing with an NFL team even next season ahead of next regular season? I think it's probably unlikely, Dave. Here's what's crazy. I think if he had participated in the NFL-sanctioned workout, I I feel like it's almost like a 70% chance that he was going to get signed by somebody. Maybe maybe that's a little high. 55 60% chance that someone would have signed him this offseason to compete for a backup job next year. I feel like after this workout uh, fiasco, all of the uh, scrutiny and media attention and drama and everything that goes along with it, I feel like it's like 5% now. Because you have to ask yourself, I don't think anybody looks at him as a starter, especially after three years off. Is all of this worth it for a backup quarterback? Usually you want backup quarterbacks to be seen and not heard. You don't want there to be a distraction. You don't want there to be any type of quarterback controversy. And frankly, if you bring Colin Kaepernick to your team, you're going to get a tremendous amount of criticism if the starter doesn't play at a really high level that you're not playing Kaepernick, even though you're the one that signed him. You're still going to get criticism for it. I can tell you selfishly, Dave, I would like to see him get signed this offseason. I mean, I'm in the media. I have a daily show with you. It would be great for us. We could talk about the reaction of the fans in that market. We could watch him every practice, every preseason game. We could talk about how he's performing, how he's handling it. I mean, it, it it's like catnip for the media. It, I mean, he is, it is unbelievable, Dave, because I've tweeted a couple times about it over the last three or four days. I'm not even kidding. Almost every tweet, half the people just crush me for being a Kaepernick hater, for being uh, racist, biased, uh, MAGA, all that stuff, right? But then, like, almost half the people, Dave, read the same tweet and say, he stinks. I can't believe you're saying that that's the reason. He he should never get a shot. I would never sign. I mean, it is like we could do a, a, a we should do a social experiment from the at RDC home and home Twitter handle. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. You're at Dave Briggs TV. And just tweet the name Colin Kaepernick. Nothing. No, no comments. No, nothing. I am convinced there would be a bunch of responses, both very, both negative. Negative of, he can't play, he stinks, it's a distraction, I wouldn't want him on my team, and NFL screwed him, he's getting a raw deal, I can't believe you don't think he's a good player. I mean, it's he is the most polarizing NFL player I can ever remember, and it's not close. No, there, there have been a few players that brought with them massive distraction that were oddly polarizing. I think of Tim Tebow, obviously, at the quarterback position because a lot of teams seem to shy away from the sideshow that was Tim Tebow 
and the type of people he brought, the type of attention that he brought. But you're right, uh, not similar in, in this regard to how angry people get about the Ka Kaepernick situation. People were certainly, everyone had an opinion about Tim Tebow, but the thing they have in common is NFL owners and NFL GMs and NFL head coaches hate distractions, certainly from the backup quarterback position. How about the other quarterback that dominated the weekend? That's Tuga, Tua Tugavailoa. Oh, devastating, devastating story. We'll get into in just a moment. What is his NFL future? We'll break it all down in just about a minute, Ross. But first, I need to make sure you guys know what's up with ZipRecruiter. Hiring can be a challenge, as Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered. Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. She also used ZipRecruiter screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. That's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So the trending hashtag over the weekend on Twitter was still with cap. The other one that blew up on Saturday was pray for Tua. The Alabama quarterback Tua Tugavailoa Heisman candidate, some thought the number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft, at worst, probably a top three pick. His collegiate career is over at Alabama, and it's over in heartbreaking fashion. They're up 35-7 on Saturday, late second quarter. Yes, Tua's still in the game. It's only the second quarter. Back off of Nick Saban, a fluke freak injury, a devastating injury that ends his time at Alabama. He is having surgery this morning or today in Houston, hip surgery in Houston, a dislocated hip with a posterior wall fracture. The Alabama team surgeon, Dr. Lyle Kane, says he is expected to make a full recovery. But Ross, that's six, maybe eight months, takes you into an NFL draft, changes everything for this kid for likely the program, for the college football playoff, and for at least one, two, or if not three NFL franchises. What's your initial reaction for the kid? Awful. Absolutely awful. I mentioned earlier, you know, doing the U.S. Army Bowl every year, I've met Tua. He is a great, great kid. Just so full of life, big smile. Kind of what I think you'd expect uh, from a Hawaiian kid, just awesome. And there are very few things, Dave, that bother me more than when a young man has a golden opportunity to get life-altering money 
and forget money, life-altering financial security for his family for generations. And that is now in question. That hurts. I mean, that really hurts. I don't know what the answer is, Dave. I think they're only allowed to get $5 million worth of insurance. That's like the max amount that the NCAA will allow the schools to pay for, which is a lot of money, but doesn't come close to the $40 million fully guaranteed he was scheduled to get. Maybe it's letting him leave school early. I don't know that he would have done that after last year, but it's an option. I just, th this makes me sick to my stomach. Um, you know, I don't mind that he was still in the game. I thought Saban's logic that he was still in the game because they wanted him to get uh, practice doing the two-minute drill was a little bit, little bit weird. Like, really? Like, that's why he was still in? So he'd get practice running the two-minute drill? And I thought that was a little dicey. Not that he was even in the game, but the logic behind why he was in the game. But ultimately, I just hope, unlike Bo Jackson, as the injury's been compared to, I just hope he can come back fully from this. I don't know when he'll get drafted if he comes out in this draft. Maybe he comes back and, you know, does another year at Alabama. I tend to doubt that. Maybe there's an opportunity in the XFL. I tend to doubt that because that season starts in February where he could go and play for them and then enter the NFL draft. I'm not quite sure how that would work, but it seems apparent, Dave, that he's going to end up probably going to the NFL and probably getting drafted a decent amount later than he was going to and losing millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. The, the recovery at the earliest looks like a June timetable. And I, and I think that's optimistic. Uh, hard to imagine him even going in the first round with that kind of career ending concern. Uh, I do understand the Bo Jackson concerns because of a similar injury, but that was 1991. Terrell Davis's career ended over an ACL tear. That now doesn't even put you out, what, six, nine months. So medical situations have come light years since 1991. So I think we should pump the brakes on that. But boy, an earth-shattering injury for the kid, for the program, for the playoff, and for a couple of NFL teams. Don't count Alabama out. They probably still can find their way in that top four in the playoff spot, especially given what happened to Minnesota over the weekend. Still a very good team on both sides of the football. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Dan Wolken, USA Today. He was at the Kaepernick Combine. He'll tell us what he saw from a skill perspective. Did he talk to some of those NFL scouts? He'll weigh in on Tua. And what about Jalen Hurts for Oklahoma? Don't count this kid out from the Heisman Trophy. We're back with Dan Wolken after a quick break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Colin Kaepernick's elite arm was on display Saturday outside Atlanta, 50, 55 yards, threw the ball downfield, hit some receivers in stride, so too were his tendency for the theatrics, saying, quote, we're waiting for the owners and Commissioner Goodell to stop running from the truth. You heard that sound earlier from Dan Wolken of USA Today. And Dan joins us now to talk about the Kaepernick Combine. Dan, good to talk to you. Thanks for being here, Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. Before we get into the waiver and the theatrics, tell us what you saw from a skill perspective from a guy that hadn't been in the league in three years. I don't know. I mean, these workouts... You're talking about throwing against no defense, no pads. You know, he's throwing balls. They look good. Uh, I'm far from a scouting expert on that kind of thing. Uh, but he made all the throws. I mean, there were some that were bad, but you know, out of 60 balls he threw, uh, there were a lot that, that looked pretty good. But, again, it's, you know, it's against nothing. It's, it's guys running routes. It's practice. It's no defense. So I don't know really what you can gain from that. Uh, I, you know, certainly the scouts – see those kind of workouts all the time and maybe have a better basis for comparison. But I, I don't really think it's even about that anymore. Um, I think we've known if he wanted to play in the league from a skill standpoint, he's capable of playing in the league. Uh, I think it's just a matter of working all the other stuff out. Dan, I'm kind of curious about the logistics and how everything went down. Like how, how were you guys contacted and alerted that it was no longer at the Falcons facility and it was at this high school so that you knew to change your plans and drive there. I know they didn't uh, announce where it was. So I'm just curious about how all the logistics of this whole thing worked. Uh, we found out about it from Adam Schefter's Twitter account. Um, I think everyone, basically the way this worked is at uh, about two o'clock, they started letting the media inside the gates of the Falcons facility. And they had this area set up uh, behind uh, some little barricades where they were going to have the media basically wait. And, and all we were going to be able to see, in essence, was Colin Kaepernick maybe entering the building and leaving the building. And that was about it. Uh, so then, right before this workout's supposed to start, you know, you see the, the scouts coming in in rental cars and everyone starts to show up. Well, 
Then Adam Schefter tweets out that the workout's been moved. Um, that obviously creates a little bit of confusion. Sort of the people on site who were working for the NFL had no idea what was going on at all. They had no, they were out of it by that point. So then, you know, kind of just word of mouth and contact his representation and get the new location. And it was just kind of very, uh, very frenzied. And I just jumped in the car and made the drive. It's like a 60 mile drive. Not close at all. The Falcons trained way out, almost halfway to South Carolina, uh, on I-85 and, and where Colin Kaepernick did this workout was at a high school South of the airport, which is just really far. So, um, you know, just made it, made my way there, contacted his agent, said, I'm coming, put me on the list. And that was that. So we went from 24 teams getting a chance to scout Kaepernick's talents down to somewhere between six and eight, depending on which report you believe. Uh, did you notice those scouts, those that were on hand, Chiefs, Jets, Eagles, Titans, Bills, Niners, Lions, talking with Kaepernick after the workout? And and what's your best bet moving forward? Do you think he gets a job, whether it's now or next offseason, to compete as a backup? Yeah, I did see the the scouts uh, down on the sidelines. And, and after the workout was over, Kaepernick initially went and, and signed some autographs and then ran back over to where the scouts were, shook their hand, uh, said a few words. I, I wasn't privy to what he said exactly. I, I wasn't as that close, so I couldn't hear. But uh, then he went back and signed more autographs, and then he came and gave that statement uh, to the media that, that I videoed, and it's been on my Twitter account. And I, think, I, I feel like everyone in the United States has seen it at this point. But uh, I don't think he's going to play in the NFL again. Like I don't think anything that happened Saturday helps him – get back into the league. Uh, and, and look, I, I don't know what the NFL's motives were to do this workout. This was all very hastily arranged. They contacted Kaepernick's people on Tuesday. They said, be in Atlanta Saturday for this workout. Uh, I, Kaepernick's reaction was why, why now? And why this way? Uh, teams had not been calling him to request a workout. Teams had not shown any interest in signing him. So, so, What's behind all this? And and they felt, the Kaepernick people felt like there was an ulterior motive here from the NFL. And so when the NFL refused to meet his conditions for the workout, that's why he changed venues and took control of it himself. But, you know, all of that, plus the fact he came out afterwards and blasted the league, blasted Roger Goodell, I, I don't think any of that helps him actually uh, get back in, into the NFL. Dan, can you explain the the transparency concerns? Like, you know, you guys are going to be able to watch him come in and go out at the Falcons facility. He wanted, he says he wanted transparency with the process. Like, does he think that the NFL wasn't really going to send the video of the workout out? Like, I, I don't understand why he felt like it was so important that the media was able to actually watch the workout. Yeah, I mean, I guess probably two issues. Uh, one would be uh, concerns about the video. Was it going to be sent out unedited or was it going to be edited in some way that would make him look bad? Uh, you know, he doesn't trust the NFL at all based on everything that's happened. So I guess that was one concern. I would say the bigger concern was was this waiver that uh, – 
he was being asked to sign, which essentially included a provision that would release the NFL from any future litigation uh, if he did not get signed. So I, I don't know, like, was the NFL trying to pull a fast one and basically use the workout as bait for Kaepernick to sign something that would essentially, you know, release him from or release the NFL from any obligation in the future uh, and any future lawsuits. I, I don't know that that was maybe one of the things that they thought might be behind this. And that just wasn't something that, that they were interested in doing. So I, like, I don't think anyone comes out of this looking great. I think you can look at it and say it's very suspicious on the NFL's part to sort of spring this now. I think you could also look at it and say, all right, if Kaepernick is really serious about getting back into the league and and wants to play, doesn't want this to be a spectacle, why not just do this, go through with it, close that chapter, impress the scouts, and if someone's going to sign you, then that's your, you know, that, that this is your actual best chance to make someone look at what you can do on the field and say, we, we need to have you on our team. Yeah, that would be my question, Dan. Uh, do you think he really wants to play? Like, do you think he really, really wants to play? I don't know. I mean, look, I take him at his word that that he wants to play football again. Sure. But I think the question is how far is he willing to compromise to accept that? Um, you know, I think, he clearly wants to play, but as long as it fits this very certain uh, condition and that he has got the power uh, to, to do, you know, a variety of things that maybe other people wouldn't be able to do in that same circumstance. And, you know, the NFL, I think teams and owners from the very beginning have looked at this and said, okay, yeah, he can play, but is he good enough to justify all the things that are going to come along with it, including just the, the spectacle of it. I mean, he comes into a locker room, he's going to be the biggest story for, for weeks. Yeah. And is that what you want for someone who may be a backup quarterback? And so I, there's all, I think, I think there's reasons on both sides for this not to happen. And that's probably why it's not going to happen. The Chicago Bears, given Mitchell Trubisky's struggles, could use him. The Carolina Panthers, if they're going to let go of Cam Newton, could use him. My Denver Broncos could use a bridge to Drew Locke. There's a lot of teams that could use the skills of Colin Kaepernick. Feels to me like he wants to be a martyr more than an NFL quarterback. We're talking with Dan Wolken, USA Today Sports. And Dan, we thought the biggest story of the weekend as far as the quarterback position would be Tua Tagovailoa and this devastating hip injury Saturday second quarter leading 35-7. His career at Bama is over. He's having surgery in Houston this morning. Uh, it's a dislocated hip and a posterior wall fracture from having covered Tua. Do you get any sense that he might come back to Alabama? That you know, there's a six-month recovery minimum, which takes him past the NFL draft. How devastated are you for the kid? And what does his future look like to you? Yeah, I don't have any information on what his mindset is at this point or, or what the, you know, medium-term plans might be. And I think, frankly, a lot of that will depend on on what the doctors say and, and how the surgery goes and what the recovery period looks like. So, I can't really even begin to to speculate on on all of that. I would just say common sense would tell you that a guy as talented as Tua, even if he's injured, even if he 
may not be able to do anything by the by the draft would probably still get drafted pretty high based on his talent alone. And then you see where it goes as long as, you know, the medical professionals who work for these teams look at everything and say, you know, sign off on it and say it's OK. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a terrible thing. It's it's very unfortunate, uh, but it is football. Injuries happen. It seemed like kind of a fluke injury. I, I think, you know, you do sort of question, at least I question, not whether Tua should have played or should have been in the game up 30 or 28, whatever it was, 35-7, whatever the score was. What I question is just, are, are were they too aggressive in bringing him back from, from that uh, from that ankle injury. You know, they, they had that tightrope surgery. It was a very compressed window of time to get him back on the field. By the end of the LSU game, he was clearly hobbling around. And, you know, I, I think the one thing with quarterbacks especially is if, if your movement is compromised, if you can't protect yourself with your ability to move, then, then you're vulnerable. And even though the hit it looked, was kind of a fluky play and that, that, that kind of hit didn't necessarily look like the kind of thing that would cause a, a massive injury, how much of the fallout of it was the result of just him not being able to protect himself because of his movement. So, you know, I think that's the question I have, not whether he should have been in the game given the score. Yeah. And my, my question, Dan, or my concern, or at least what bothers me, there's very few things that bother me as much as a guy with Tua's ability and future, uh, and, and ability, quite frankly, to get lifetime financial security for he and his family. And that now that's that's in question. That really, really bothers me. Now, my understanding is that the most insurance you can get through the NCAA themselves that the schools can pay for is $5 million. And that's if you never play football again. Now, I guess he probably could have gone outside of that and bought his own insurance. Again, though, that's if he never plays again. There's also loss of value insurance. I guess I just, I'm wondering, Dan, if there's some type of solution out there. The name and likeness thing, I guess, would have helped. Um, you know, maybe being able to leave school after last year would have helped. But what are our options? What are the solutions so that a guy like this does not miss out on this golden opportunity to get you know, family generational security that is now on some level in question. Well, yeah, I mean, you ask an interesting question and it's it's a it's a valid issue. Right. And everyone's talking about name, image and likeness and, and somebody like Tua in his category, you know, at this point could have maybe already had a couple million dollars in the bank. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and, and that's something that I think sh should be able to, to happen. Uh, but, you know, again, I don't think college sports are ever going to be professionalized to the extent that, that we're paying salaries. So what does that mean? What does that look like? And there's all kinds of guys who lose earning potential in college football based on injuries or, or other stuff that happens uh, in college. And look, there, there is, a structure in, in sports of what you have to go through to get to that payday. And I, I, and I don't care what the sport is, you know, soccer, uh, tennis, whatever the sport is to get to the peak level, you have to work your way through the system to get there. And 
there are always going to be people who suffer some sort of unfortunate event that derails them before they reach their their payday, you know, their their pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. That's just the way it is. And I, I don't know that there's anything you can do to to recoup or make up for the amount of money that somebody like Tua Tungavailoa would potentially have as, as the number one pick if he never was able to see that again. I, I just don't think that's replaceable. Um, but, you know, could he, if the name, image, and likeness rules were different, already have some some money and, you know, frankly, more money than most people will see uh, in their lifetime? Sure, he could absolutely have that. We're about to learn the name Mac Jones in the meantime. Mac Jones is the starter now for Alabama. Talk with Dan Wolken, USA Today Sports. And Mac Jones in his first start against Arkansas, a terrible Hogs team, by the way. 18 of 22, 235, and three touchdowns. That's better than even Tua's first start at Alabama. Do they still have a shot at making the playoffs, given all the talent on both sides of the football? No, I don't think so. I think... uh... Look, it's unfortunate. I just I think the way this is all going to play out uh, at Alabama, they're going to go 11 and one. They're going to have one win over a a team that we would all consider to be a really quality team. And that's Auburn, who would have four losses and would sort of be hanging on at the end of the top 25. So just based on that resume, Alabama was never going to be good enough to get into the playoff. What they had to rely on was going to be the eye test and the name and the brand. And there's no way that that Mac Jones led Alabama sort of passes that, that test uh, to say it's the same team or it's even close to the same team that you thought you were getting when Tua was in there as, as the starting quarterback. So, you know, I just, I, I just think the reality of the situation is Alabama is just not going to get in at this point. And frankly, you know, when you lose your, your best player, that's just what's going to happen. Yeah, I, Dan, to me, I, I think at this point, in your opinion, who's kind of in the driver's seat now for that last college football playoff spot? Well, it's a lot of it's going to depend on what happens in the SEC championship game. You know, Georgia looks like they're going to be 11-1 and one going into that game. Alabama... I'm sorry, LSU looks like they're going to be 12-0. and 0. Georgia beats LSU. I think there's a really good chance both are going to get in alongside Clemson and, and Ohio State, assuming they take care of business the way we, we all think they will. If Georgia loses to LSU, then I think it's either going to be your one-loss Big 12 champion, if there is one. Certainly could be Oklahoma. Uh, lesser chance it could be Baylor, but could be Oklahoma or the winner of, of Oregon, Utah. So I, I think at this point, it's kind of in flux. I think right now, Oklahoma wins on the resume test, but assuming that Utah and Oregon get to that Pac-12 championship and they're both 11-1, and one, well, whoever wins that game is going to get a win over a top 10 team on that last week of the season. And that is going to be worth a ton in the eyes of the selection committee. And so I think ultimately that team would jump up into the fourth spot, but I don't think they would jump over Georgia or LSU if Georgia wins the SEC. 
Last question, Dan, is Jalen Hurts. A lot of people have talked about Burrow, and there was obviously the conversation about Tua all season. Jalen Hurts has been spectacular, to say the least. He now has 43 total touchdowns, 4,000 yards in 10 games. He's still got to have a, a pretty good shot at winning that Heisman Trophy, does he not? Yeah, I think he's going to end up finishing second. I just think that's kind of the, the bottom line to it. Um, now, we've seen things can happen over the last few weeks of the season. Uh, we saw last year where Kyler Murray overtook Tua. So I don't want to discount the possibility that, that it could happen. But I think Joe Burrow's got one hand on the trophy right now. And I think it would take him playing poorly against A&M and against Georgia and Jalen Hurts lighting the world on fire at the end of the season for, for Oklahoma. I, look, Jalen's been great. He's had an unbelievable year. I, I think the last couple weeks he's made some really bad decisions that have put Oklahoma in, in some jeopardy. He's also made some great plays, and he's the reason why why they're here, don't get me wrong. But he, he's definitely put Oklahoma in some trouble with some turnovers and, and bad decisions. Uh, I, I just think he's second right now. and. I think Burrow is far enough ahead that it would take a pretty significant shift for, for that to change. Boy, he's been special. Dan Wolken, USA Today Sports. Appreciate the time, my friend. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right. So closing the loop there on college football, telling you, just don't sleep on Jalen Hurts. All I'm saying, I mean, 43 touchdowns, numbers comparable or better than Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield, who both won Heisman trophies. But the, the story on the field probably was that loss. Minnesota against Iowa came back from 20 down, made it interesting. But you saw this one coming. Why? Well, and, and let me just say the Georgia-Auburn game was great, but I think Georgia clearly the better team there. But this, to me, this is what I think about, Dave, when I think about college football, right? I mean, it is hard to win on the road. And it's especially hard. Doesn't it seem like any time a program like Minnesota gets a huge win, biggest win for the program in a decade or more against Penn State at home, they storm the field. It just, it feels like the next game that school is always poised for a letdown. They never play as well. Now, sometimes they still find a way to win, but a lot of times they end up losing just like Minnesota did. I mean, Dave, there's a reason why Iowa was favored in the game. You know, when Penn State went to Iowa, Penn State was the favorite. Minnesota beats Penn State, and I thought they did a good, you know, fairly convincingly. And then Minnesota goes to Iowa. No, they're still the underdog. And I think that's because the folks that make those lines know what you and I know, which is that, college, you know, look, in the NFL, they say any given Sunday. And that can absolutely happen. And the Falcons went and whooped up on the Panthers. And people weren't expecting that and blah, blah, blah. But that's really because the talent level is comparable. In, in college football, it just feels like upsets – not even really an upset, but upsets like this are somewhat predictable when you have a team coming off a big, emotional, huge win like Minnesota did. I mean, they were able to rally, but it just took them too long at the start of the game. 
And I think it was fairly predictable. And there's a reason why they were underdogs. There's a reason why, even though they were underdogs, people still weren't betting on the Minnesota Golden Gophers because they knew this was going to happen. Just felt inevitable. A great weekend in college football. We'll get back to the NFL in week 11. Had some major headlines, some action from Lamar Jackson. Patriots avenge the Super Bowl loss, or did they? Was it just a regular season road game that was full of a lot of punting, unlike that Super Bowl matchup? We'll visit week 11, NFL surprises, letdowns, what we learned after a quick break here on Home and Home. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 